Good morning. Today's Saturday. Um, I know that I missed last week's. It's just, oof. These last couple of weeks have been... I'm gonna be so fucking honest. It's it's been really fucking bad. Um, as you guys may have remembered for previous episodes, I mentioned that I was diagnosed with not only BPD but also bipolar type two. And with that, when I have a low moment in my life, when I'm experiencing lows, there are very very extreme lows than like the average person. So I've been like in this despair. De- uh, depressive state for like a while um I I feel like I'm like in the middle right now of transitioning into getting out of this low but lately I and if you like hear my voice I have a chest infection it's like my life is is going so great um (laughs) a lot of things are happening to me which is which sucks because um I am also going through a breakup and all of a sudden, all these bad things are happening to me, which happens like a lot for some reason. Uh, whenever a person leaves, or when I leave a person, their life seems to get better, and mine always gets worse. I don't know if it's like a karma thing or whatnot, but something that I've realized actually, um, we should just get right into the topics. Um, something I realized lately was that my purpose in other people's lives, right? When I enter a person's life, I enter as, like, this beacon of light. And I'm not even saying, like, to, like, uplift myself. Or I'm, I'm, like, this is how I'm visualizing it. This is how I, this is how I perceive it. I, I'm some sort of light for this person. And with that, I bring out a lot of dark things out of them that they may not have been able to bring out themselves or, like, you know, face themselves well, like I triggered them in some way, and I, I commence this type of like transitional change for them. It's it's really weird, and like basically, when a person leaves, they never leave empty-handed. They always leave with something from me, and it's usually with me being left out to dry, like left empty. Like they took what they wanted, and they left, and it's like, okay, who's the next person? And it really sucks. It really sucks that I have um, that position in people's lives, especially people that meant a lot to me, and then they leave, and it's like, well, that's not fair. You took something from me, you know? But it's it's all right. I'm definitely still in this healing stage right now. Um, and something to keep in mind when it comes to healing Um I'm I'm accepting that healing is ugly. It can be very ugly. Healing is not all butterflies and sunshine. Meditation, you feel like you feel enlightened and you're fine. No, healing is is a non-linear, chaotic process that can be ugly. And for me, like. And this is actually, like, my first, like, actual healing process because I've never really given the grace or time to properly heal because I felt like I didn't deserve it and I felt like I didn't have enough time. This is, like, my one chance, like, my first one chance to, like, okay, I have to heal 20 years' worth of trauma, including the trauma that I've experienced in the past year. 
And, you know, I'm doing it by myself. My my ex-partner left me because, you know, it was him and I against the world. And now I don't have that support anymore. Um, my dad, it's gone. Um, there are friends that I, I love dearly, my best friends, but like I can't always see them and I can't always talk to them. And with my mother and our relationship, it's still kind of kind of finicky. And with me, I just hate like reaching out to people and asking like for help. That is something I'm still trying to get used to. Um, I would say, I will say, like, I was learning that a little bit and learning to become more comfortable with asking for help when I was in that relationship. Because as far as how unfair their relationship relationship was, how it ended and how it just was, there was some things, there was some takeaways that I've learned that are that can help me in my healing a little bit um for instance like asking for help it's okay and it's okay to be honest with your feelings and being vulnerable it's just that when you have two conditions not only one but two mental conditions those things just come a little bit harder especially when you don't have like the proper resources like psychiatry or therapy and top of that that you being black and on top of that you've been a black woman and on top of that you've been a black queer woman it is like all of these factors just make everything like harder and just a little bit more difficult and that's not what a lot of people understand especially when it comes to men because i don't really think they fully grasp the concept of what healing is because you, you guys can tell me, you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, but almost every man that I fucking met, they're fucking traumatized. They need to do some kind of a healing that they don't know that they have to do or they don't want to do. And it's like, I feel like the world would be such a better fucking place if men just accepted that they need to heal and what, what they do based on their own like trauma and hurt or whatever the fuck they've been through. They are causing even more pain and hurt to people around them or people that they choose to involve in their lives. And it's like, and I feel like not even just for like black women, it's just like with black men too, like healing is just, and like getting help, getting the proper resources is really hard to come by in our community. And I feel like nowadays, like even within our community, we're not helping each other. We're hurting each other. Like for instance, my ex, he, he's black. And I'm black. So, and we're both unhealed specimens trying to heal the other person. But all we are really doing, and it was really, un, it was unintentional, um, unintentional. We just end up hurting each other. And, I mean, if you ask him, he's not going to admit that he did anything to hurt me or anything. He's not going to admit that he has no fault. And that's another thing, like, when it comes to, like, men or black men in general, they have such a difficult time holding themselves accountable for their actions, for things that they say, things that they do. And it's, like, and, it's, and that's really hurtful, you know? It is, like, damn, like, you, you did all this stuff, but, like, you're not admitting it. Or they victimize themselves or they're quick to gaslight because, let me quick little story time about my dad i know i mentioned my dad a few times um and it's just like episode what four 
Um, and I, I mentioned that him and I are in no contact, but I'm going to give a brief history of my father and I. First of all, this nigga is a Virgo. He's a Virgo. Let, the, let that settle in for a moment. I was raised by two fucking Virgos. One August, one September. He's the August Virgo. And, like, I never really had a good experience with Virgos, regardless of the month. Maybe, like, one Virgo that I'm still kind of sort of friends with since, like, middle school. She's cool. But just, like, when it comes to Virgo men, they're just, like, a whole nother, like, species or creatures. It's, like, when you, like, interact with one for a while and you look at them, it's, like, why do you act like that? Like, why are you like that? But anyways, my father... He's the, he's the August Virgo. His birthday is the 30th. For as long as I can remember, my parents have been divorced. I, am, I was an only child for 10 years with divorced parents for the majority of my 10 years. Um, and when I meet like a lot of people, um, like my ex, for example, their parents are still together. Their parents are older than mine, and they're still together. I have always been that one child Oh, one of the few children that had divorced parents only had one singular primary parent. And it's always the mom. And I'm going to get to that in a second. And I apologize once again for my voice. I'm losing my voice. I have been hacking and coughing mucus all morning. And it's only 9.30 in the morning. Anyways. My dad is very complex. He's very complicated. But it's not complicated to see that he, he's a, he's a narcissist and he, he can almost never take accountability. And when it comes to accountability, I, it really like showed itself in the past month when him and I got into arguments and got into no contact. He wouldn't take accountability for the trauma that he caused me. And he, when he met my mom, I believe he was 19 and my mom was 15. Once again, let that settle in. When my mother told me, I'm like, um, I would probably be wrong if I said that's kind of grooming. And I, the, only what, the only reason why I kind of view that relationship as grooming, because one, like my mom, when she explained it, she was like, yeah, I'm, he was my first love. I was madly in love. He was the only person, blah, 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 blah. And, I'm, and he was 19 and I'm like, mother that's not good um and it's also not good how you know he also treating my mom like shit he my father is abusive he's always been this way he's never changed in the span of 20 plus years um as as far as i know and he has always been abusive he always verbal verbally abused my mom i feel like he kind of took advantage of her in a way because she was younger and he was 19. And he felt like he could say or do whatever he wanted. He will tell my mom. I'm, my mom, who is a chocolate woman. She's not light-skinned. But I... Like, with our complexion, my mom and I complexion, especially the, on our side, we have, like, a, lots of warm complexion. But for her, she's a little bit darker than I am. Um, I'm pretty sure... 
no one has ever seen me before any new audience members but whoever who has like met me or like seen my instagram or whatever you guys can like see my complexion she's a little bit darker than i am and but we we both have like warm complexions my dad i feel like my dad and i have a the same complexion excuse me he's just a little bit lighter than me you will tell my mom he prefer light-skinned women over her and that's just, like, the tip of the iceberg of shit he would say to my mom and shit he would, like, do to her. He would even go as far as to, like, verbally abuse her in front of her mom, my grandmother. I remember my mom told me that story of how they were in some kind of, like, argument and my grandma being there. And he had said something way out of pocket. And I think he was talking to my grandma like, yo, come get come get your daughter or whatnot. He was saying something like mad disrespectful. And the woman in my family, at least on my mom's side, and I'm pretty sure, like, it's just, like, trickled down to me. And it may or may not trickle down to my sister. We'll see. Because my sister's always time. We don't play that shit. It's, like, regardless of, like, what side we are. Because my, my grandmother's a Gemini, Right? We don't play that fucking shit. We will attack you back, you know? And as it was, I feel like it's regardless of, like, our signs. Like, something I've always picked up on the women in our family. Like, for me, my mom, my mom, she don't think shit from nobody. My godmother, even. And we're not even blood-related. And she's a Libra. Libra queens, stand up, because I'm also a Libra. October Libras, stand the fuck up. And we're not even blood. And, like, in my aunt, I know damn well. Like, it's just, like, yes, we have been through a lot of trauma in our lives. We have been through a lot of unfairness. But one thing, one thing that we always have in us is that we will always call you out on your bullshit. We are angry. We have a lot of anger. or We are very quick to anger. But that also means we were also really quick to point out whether or not we verbalized it or not, indirectly, indirect, directly or indirectly. But we always point out shit that does not belong. We always point out shit that's not right. Excuse me. And we always defend ourselves. And or like not even ourselves. If we see, if we just see something in general that's not right, we we either defend them, ourselves if it's directed towards us or for other people. And it's really weird because when you think of Libra, you you think more of like, you know, we point out the injustice in people's actions and like how things are being played out. But no, like I when I see that, it's like, no, it's just a woman thing in our family. Like we have backbones and like we may come across as toxic, um, especially with um, my grandmother. She's very toxic. She's a crazy ass woman. This woman is like. How old is my grandmother? I think she's like 48. My, my grandmother is younger than my ex's parents. So I'll probably touch that in a second. Um, but anyways, my grandmother, she did not have that shit with my dad. And I forgot what my mother told me, but she attacked him verbally, I think. But no, my grandmother, she probably touched him too. She probably put her hands on him, gave him, like, a little rough up, because that's how she is. And, like, if I was told that today, I would fucking believe it. 
So it's like my dad always felt like he could like get away with stuff because he's a man, you know, he's older and he could do whatever he fucking wants. He can do, he can say whatever he wants. Oh, because he is with this younger woman, aka my mom. And then unfortunately, you know, he got her pregnant at 19 and at 20, literally like a month later after she turned 20, I was born. Um, I hope, and like when I think of my existence and I want to think of my father, I always, hold on, let me take a quick sip of tea, my tea, it's a little cool. <sighs> Y'all, make sure you drink your tea with honey and lemon when you have a chest infection. I mix like two tea bags. Um, one is like this peach detox and one is meant for you to like open up your respiratory system i don't know um i feel like it's all propaganda and marketing is it's not really true but anyways i don't know for a while even so now when i think of my existence and me being the product of both my father and my mother i feel i feel really bad for my existence because i i i feel like i am a product of abuse and unfairness and maybe that's why I've been going through shit my entire 20 years of living, you know. And it, it feels like, you know, the cycles, the life universe lessons, they just never stop for me. You know, I'm always going through heartbreak. I'm, only, I'm always going through some type of trauma every year. And I really feel like, like, that is probably why, like, that's probably why I feel like that's my purpose is to trigger other people and bring out their traumas and force them to like heal and face their problems they take what they want from me and they hurt me in some way and then they leave I don't I don't know uh because you know that's how I kind of feel like with my dad too my mom sometimes but with my dad he has been like the biggest trauma inducer in my life um and it's not surprising but it's also jarring at the same time when I learned that he's he has always been like this with my mom. And like when I think about the abuse that he also inflicted on my mom, I I get very angry. Because as much as my mom and I butt heads, as much as her and I, we don't always see eye to eye, like very often. And even right now, our relationship is still estranged and still on the rocks. I still feel very angry, not only because that's my mom, but it's like I feel like no man should ever get the opportunity to do that to a black woman, to a black queen. And, you know, when I think of that and I think of my past relationship, I also get angry because in a way, it's really hard to compare the two because... mm, I... It's like we didn't have an abusive relationship. It was just really unhealthy. Mainly, mainly because he did my ex did shit that really pissed me off. And then he kept breaking my heart. This is like the second heartbreak I've gotten from him. Biggest heartbreak, you know. Um, Especially when, you know, he left me. Because as soon as I got a diagnosis for PBD and bipolar... And I realized that he wasn't supporting me in the way that I really needed to be supported. And he and he himself, 
he admitted it like oh i just want to be a, a source of escapism and i'm like that's not what i need i, I need a partner i thought we we're in this together I, we were supposed to do this that was, that was the negotiation when we first broke up and i gave you that second chance i said we need to be a partnership you know we need to work these things out together and he just he couldn't hang he couldn't handle it anymore you know so, like, it's really hard to just compare the two relationships because at least I can say my ex and I, we, I don't know how he feels about me currently because this nigga is having the time of his life right now. He's partying and whatnot, and he won't give me the rest of my shit back, and he won't take the rest of his shit back. Um, But anyways, I still love him, and... Something that I am grateful for in the relationship was that we had true love, I feel like. Or like if it wasn't true love, I feel like it was real love. It was authentic. And I'm realizing now, like, you know, after the breakup, reflecting on everything, I realized too late that he is my first love. And, you know, my first, it hurts, you know. It obviously hurts when your first love leaves. Not only that... But because of what you have, and it makes me, I'm getting right off topic. But, you know, lately, I just, when I look at myself and when I think of myself and my identity, all I see is my diagnosis because I feel like towards the end, that's all that he saw. And he even mentioned it in his breakup, and I just felt like I feel really defective. And I feel like I'm a failure and all Every wrong thing in the relationship that happened and the breakup is now on my shoulders, you know. And, you know, it feels like he's he's not taking accountability for it. You know, another example of black men, when it comes to accountability for their actions, they barely take accountability. They will only, some of them will only take accountability if you really, like, corner them and, like, have to, like, spell it out for them. That's my, that's my ex. It's really hard for him to see other people people's point of view he's very stubborn in his own perspective and um, pov and you have to corner him and like dangle him off the edge for him to speak and for him to see and realize and just beg him for him to like take accountability and in a way that's my dad too and let me just disclaimer my ex is also a virgo an august virgo and he was born on the 29th no, yeah, the 29th. Shocker, I know. Um, But anyway, it's really hard to compare the two relationships. I feel like with my dad, he's just malicious. My ex, he, I feel like I'm going to give him grace and benefit of the doubt. He's not malicious intentionally. He's just very stupid. <laughs> like, he's not, like, as much as I love him, you know, as much as I wish the best for him and hopefully for us to re- reunite in the near future, he's very stupid. You know, he's not as smart as I am. And he knows this. You know, I don't know if he ever will listen to this podcast. I don't think he does. But he wants nothing to do with me right now, I feel like. Um, but he's really stupid. He's 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 just he's dumb. You know, in some, you know, areas of topics or things, he's very intelligent and he will show you that he's intelligent of things, you know? And the or at least he has like certain knowledge of things but when it comes to like emotional intelligence i'm sorry like he's dumb and when it comes to black men they're just dumb 
or men just in like in general they're dumb they they barely have any emotional intelligence at fucking all or it's just like people skills you know reading other people they have such a hard time to read other people my father is emotionally unintelligent and i feel like he's really unintelligent in other ways too but the kicker is these men like including my dad they will not admit that they're unintelligent they will actually try to prove to you they have all the intelligence in the world and not only that that they're smarter than you my dad will swear up and down that he's the smartest person in the room and you know Maybe that's his way of coping and whatnot. But, like, I feel like with my dad, he's, like, really insecure. And he's very insecure. And he often, like, takes it out on other people, especially people that he has close to him. So, with me, my nose is stuffy. Oh, my God. With me, I was, like, one of the only people that was really close to him. So, unfortunately, I was, like, that one vessel... Uh, for him to like take his anger out of on um, you know even like in ways like he would still take out his anger out on my mom i'm like y'all not even together y'all don't even like live in the same place how the fuck is she getting involved in your anger right now you know and it's just uh man just in fathers it's like uh another story i, I want to bring up um, about, you know, my mom and my dad's history. My mom told me this story, and it filled me with a lot of rage. And, like, as I'm telling this right now, I am getting angry. Because it's like, why, what kind of human being and what kind of creature do you have to be in for you to, like, do that to somebody, you know? I want to take a sip of tea real quick before I get into it. stuff so my mom was pregnant with me i'm gonna take a guess and say it was around 19 it was probably before she turned 20 she was pregnant with me of course they were in an argument my mom and dad somehow some way my dad put his hand on my mom right and this isn't like the first time it happened before i think but in this instance, he put her, he put his hands on her. And, like, I don't know what led, led up to it, but my mom told me, like, he pushed me out of a window. My, her pregnant stomach, her pregnant belly hanging over the ledge. And she had to, like, catch her own self to, like, not fall out or make sure, like, you know, me being in there was okay. And she's like, yeah, you could have died. Oh, like, there could have been complications, even more complications or something. Both of us could have got seriously hurt. And I'm like, what the absolute fuck? What the absolute fuck? You know? And it's like, how can you say you love a woman and you do that shit to her? And, like, that's my my thing with men. Like, I feel like they don't believe the things that they say. Or, like, they just constantly go against, like their words and their actions never fucking line up with their words because like even like today like my dad will 
would say like, oh yeah, your mom is the one that got away. Or like one time um, in like the past month, we were on the phone. I forgot. I think my mom was the one that was calling him because, you know, I had recently got discharged and we had to figure out like how to pay for school. And, you know, he was, he didn't want to pay it anymore because I'm depressed. Um, and she told me like in the background, like someone asked him like, oh, like uh, who, who are you talking to? And like, oh, the one that got away. And uh, my godmother and I, when we heard that, we were like, you're fucking sick. And it's like, and like, that's the thing. When it comes to men, or like, let's just say black men, for example, because, you know, I'm black. You know, we're, we're, we're going to keep it black. Oftentimes or not, they meet the woman of their dreams, quote unquote, of their dreams, you know. But they treat them like shit. They treat us like shit. Like, for example, with my ex and I. With our relationship, that was the most intimate and intense relationship that I know that he ever had. He told me, like, I wasn't his first love, but I was, like, his greatest love. And I, I, I didn't spend that much money on him. But I do know that, you know, I changed that nigga's life, you know. I was a beacon in his life that forced him to, to transition and change into a new version of himself that he needed to. I, I single-handedly took him out of a dark place even after that he hurt me because of said dark place, quote-unquote we're gonna keep it quote unquote that's, that's what he says even through my heartbreak and my trauma i was still i was still able to change the course of his life in a way that forced him to face his darkness and face his fears and to develop into another person for him to have a tower moment and for him to have like the death card moment you know and, you know, he left me because I got my diagnosis finally. And, I, and it made me feel like like he was waiting on the diagnosis. Like, okay, you got PPD. You're a bitch. I'm gone. I'm, I lied. I'm not going to deal with this anymore. But, like, in a way, like, you experienced it all. Like, I was basically, like, this man's wife. I feel like I was, we were married but without the ring. And it's, it's funny because I never got a promise ring. Um, even though, you know, we knew, like, we were long-term, we knew this relationship was going to be serious. We talked about our future so, like, specifically, so heavily. We talked about our future. And, like, he would buy me rings, but not a single one of them was a promise ring. And now he's telling other people, like, oh, I'm trying not to think about Robin um, because I'm going to get unmotivated and, like, I'm hurting, I'm not having a great time. But I'm, I'm like... But you look like you're having a great time. Going, you're hanging out with people that we stopped talking to, and now you're back at you're back to square one, from when I first met you, and when you when, when you were like a shit person. But I digress. It's not my problem, and it's not my place right now anymore. To worry about what he's doing, worry about who he's fucking, you know, because like we're not together and. I have to realize on things that are really important right now. And when it comes to men, they have a little bit of a harder time doing that as well. They have a harder time, you know, realizing things and, like, focus on the things that really need to be focused on. But my point is, he, you know, he ain't ever going to get another relationship like we had. And he's never going to meet another woman like me, you know. Especially with him, you know, he, don't, he doesn't really, like, meet people. 
you know, and a lot of people like find him attractive because he's like he's not the most attractive person in the whole entire galaxy. But with me, I found I found the beauty of him because I loved him, or I still love him. And when it comes to love, and like when it comes to like that kind heartedness, and when you really see the person for who they really are, you know, you fall in love with them, and you know, in some areas, like they seem attracted to you. Right now, he's not attracted to me right now because we know his actions right now and what he's doing is really unattractive to me. So, like, he's really ugly to me right now. I don't know if that makes much sense. Um, so, like, when it comes to my father, he... It's like you treat the woman like shit. They finally mustered up the courage to leave you. Excuse me. But you're still better for all these years. And it's like, why? You did this. You are the catalyst in this. You you caused this. And like you, if you act, you talked to him, he would never admit that he was the reason why my mom left. He was the reason why my mom, you know, was the primary caregiver. But like, and that's another thing when it comes to like meeting the right woman, you meet the right person and you fumble the fucking bag. Um, okay, well, obviously, years later, my dad found, like, this hood rat bitch in a fucking bar for two fucking kids, deadbeat baby daddy. For some reason, he saw something in her, and she was around for a while. At the time when I was younger, I, every other weekend, my mom had to go to work, and I had to, like, spend the weekend with my dad. And after some time, like, I hated it. And I will always ask, like, do I have this? Like, I feel like I'm old enough to stay home by myself. Like, and, like, I really hate to spend time with my dad sometimes. I'm like, do I really have to keep going over there? And, it, and like, it really got really bad when this girl, when this woman, you know what? I'm, I'm going to air her the fuck out. Her name is Tiffany. Her name is fucking Tiffany. Um, When Tiffany was in the picture, it got really bad. And I was forced to still come over there. And I'm 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 gonna tell this story really quickly. Um, Tiffany, two kids, two untrained kids. They're they're way younger than I was, um, and a deadbeat dad who you know barely took care of them. She barely had any income, and like, I'm not gonna knock her. I'm not gonna shame her for that. But it's like, mm, you'll understand when I tell the rest of the story. And when I, like, think of my dad as an abusive person, this relationship, quote-unquote relationship that they both had, really confirmed it. Um, And this is about to be trigger warning, a little trauma dump, because this is, like, one traumatic thing that kind of happened to me with my dad. Um, You know, to agree or disagree, you might think it's traumatic, you may think it's not, I don't know, but it's my trauma. Um... My dad lived in a one-bedroom apartment. That be- And the one bedroom in there was always mine. Or he probably slept in it when I wasn't there. And he only, like, took the couch when I was there. But when I was there, that room was mine. You know? Well, she came into the picture. And when the kids, her kids started coming over. Slowly and gradually, that bed started to become not mine. Um, my dad had 
had like a really crampy one bedroom apartment, an old apartment, really small. Meant for like one fucking person. It was literally meant for one fucking person. And you're fitting five motherfuckers. Two motherfuckers who can't even fucking handle themselves on a rowdy or young. And it's like, you're forcing me into that predicament. You know, you're forcing me in that environment where I'm not really into no, I'm not related to the motherfuckers. So therefore, I do not have to deal with these motherfuckers. I remember like on some nights when I was there, um, even like the new apartment, because he had two apartments and the new apartment that he had was literally like the exact same layout and still as small as the first one. There were some nights where I spent the night and I was forced to sleep on this pull-out couch that he had, right? No mattress. It barely had a mattress because I could still feel, like, the bars of, like, the pull-out couch. And that's where the kids slept or the kids and Tiffany slept. And, like, there there were a few nights where I was forced to sleep with those two kids and like she had a girl and she had a boy the little boy he always pissed himself in the bed he he always had accidents so not only would and he oh my god he was a terrible sleeper you know the little boys they just they throw themselves when they're like sleeping and like hit people i have to deal with that so not only am i getting kicked and slapped in the face at, when i'm trying to like fucking rest and have some kind of peace of mind this nigga is pissing the fucking pull-out couch. And, like, during those nights and stuff, there was one particular night, like, I heard, like, moaning in the bedroom or whatnot. So, I don't know if that was, like, the TV, there was much of some kind of, like, raunchy R-rated movie, or that was them having sex in the bed, the bed that I slept in. Um. So, yeah, there's that. And one other particular um, event. Um... He will always, like, yell at Tiffany. And they always get into those, like, arguments where it's, like, Tiffany is, like, oh, why are you yelling at me? And so, like, crying. Like, I'm, like, talk to me. I'm trying to help you. And my dad, like, he, when he gets angry, it is actually, like, kind of scary. Um, because, you know, he can be, knowing his past and, like, knowing what he can, what he's capable of, when he gets angry, is very unsettling and really uncomfortable. Because he gets, like, really, like, malicious when he's angry and he says like a lot of things and he's it's just like a really scary thing and he would yell at her and shit like that meanwhile i'm there i'm in the fucking bedroom right and one time they were doing this they were going back and forth it was so bad i was calling my mom i'm like please pick me up and the moments later my dad comes in the room come to the living room and he wouldn't let me like stay in the bedroom or leave like leave the area i was forced like spend time with the two of them like in my you, this was like right after like a nasty ass argument and when i looked at tiffany she she just looked so uncomfortable and like her and she didn't want to be there. And i'm like these motherfuckers are fucking crazy and i'm like yo mom come pick me up another moment and this is good this is what's really gonna make a lot of sense i think i was around 13 at the time um Tiffany, for some reason, was telling me that she slept with some other dude. And she may or may not be pregnant. And I remember I told my mom, and my mom was, and she immediately called my dad and, like, set it off on him. Because it was like, 
She do not need to be in your nasty ass grown folk business with this hood rat bitch that you picked up in the bar, blah, blah, blah. And I remember, I think it was the last time I went over there, actually. Um, but that day, um, we were at the fucking window watching my dad talk to this dude. And I think that was the dude that she fucking slept with. I don't know. And then just like some time passed, she's out of the picture, she disappears, she's pregnant. And he, she hits my dad with child support. So now, not only does he has a son that, A, doesn't have his last name. Two, he never really spent, he never spent time with this little boy. I don't think he ever met the baby. And he's paying child support. And I feel like this is a really important thing to bring up because my mom had all the opportunities in the world to put my father on child support. But she is she is a mature enough woman to realize that whatever brokenness and like whatever like trauma that's happening between them it has nothing to do with me cuz they chose to create a vessel of life knowing like you know the caution with it and like the re- you know Basically, like, all of, like, the aspects of, like, bringing a child into, like, an unstable environment and whatnot. And what things were shit going on in their life. None of that shit is my fault. Even as a kid and with a person that's not blood-related to me and I do not give a fuck about and they're not my mom telling me, like, who's, who's fucking you in between your legs and who got you knocked up. She was wrong for that. And my mom was, is mature enough to, like, this is your child I would never keep you from your child. It will be up to her ultimately if she, if I want a relationship with you. That was up to me. You know, and she could have so many times put my dad on child support and she never did. And of course, my dad, when he bring this up, he's like, yeah, your mom was putting up to not get in my way. And I'm like, nigga, why can't you just, why are you like this? Why are you just a, a narcissist? And he's such a toxic narcissist. And as and that just brings us to my point where black men oftentimes are not fumble the right person and they treat them like shit and then they leave or they leave. And they're stuck in this cycle of fighting like women or other people and and like the connections are just not connecting. They're not really real connections and they will always be reminded of that one connection. You know, so it's like he had a chance. My father had a chance for my mom. He's just, he's a he's a really unhealed, a broken motherfucker, and nasty, malicious motherfucker. And like I pray, I like I pray, and I thank God, my ancestors, that he has never put his hands on me, mainly because my mom threatened him to never put his his hands on me. My so like. From the jump, like my mom made sure of that. She made sure, like you, if you could put your, you're not gonna put your hands on your on your fucking child, on my fucking child. Um, I feel like he tried in the past, but it, it didn't work out. And again, you know, me going through this and me going in no contact with my dad, me facing all the trauma. Of course, having a black man in my life who is supposed to you know, support me and, you know, help me in, during this time, you know, pussied out. And it's like, I feel really bad, 
because I know like when it comes to my ex, he has so many things that he needs to heal from too. That you know, during like during the relationship, I'm like, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? Like, hey, what? And like he never really like opened up. Like, are you still going to therapy? Like, what is going on? And it's like things he would say and things he do, and it's like, you know what I mean? Like you kind of like bombastic side eye, like. Like, have you not learned anything in the past few months? Like, are you okay? And it's like, I I want him to have that time. To, I want him to have this time for himself to actually, like, work on himself, too. Like he has said during his breakup. And then the last time we talked, when I asked him for the rest of my things and the last exchange of our things, I don't want to keep holding on to these things. If he no longer wants me in his life and we have no future together. And he was in his feelings and basically told me no. He t- he said in his text that um mind you he broke up with me over text um I don't I don't know what to do with myself right now but blah, blah. and I'm like so all that hullabaloo you were telling me so you're not going to therapy now you're drinking again and going to partying so you just lied to me and it's just like all of that just made me feel like he was just trying to get away from me you know and like. I take accountability for things that I said and things that I did. I I was a majority of the time undiagnosed with PBD and bipolar. This and like I'm with someone. I'm in this codependency relationship with someone who hurt me, who broke my heart. And I'm fighting to like forgive this person while also trying to forgive myself and also trying to heal myself while also trying to heal him while also trying to go to school while also trying to go to work. This nigga gets paid every fucking week. $400 a week, he doesn't get fucking, he doesn't work. He's basically getting paid by the state, and that shit is gone within two days. It was like, and there's so many fucking factors that I felt like that was really unfair to me. But at the same time, like, could you really blame me? Really? Like, could you really blame me? Because I was going through so much, not only with him, but like in my life. And like, towards the end, you know, I, I recently got discharged. I'm fatherless, basically. You know, I'm struggling financially. I'm trying to figure out how the fuck I'm going to pay for school. And you're just, like, dilly-dallying and do whatever the fuck you want. And it's like, you're you're literally making me trigger. You're, and, like, you're doing things that trigger me. And you're not, you're just, like, I don't know. It's It's all very, very complicated. And lately, I've been trying... I've been heavily back into my spiritual work. And, you know, I'm trying to work and connect with my ancestors. I'm doing a lot more tarot readings, um, a lot more prayer. And I I really want to get back into ancestral work and just, just connecting with my spirit guides, you know. Because I really do want to take this healing thing seriously this time. Because I'm like, okay, this is my one chance to do this right because I felt like in my life and this is a product of my dad and my mom I never really had time to like feel my emotions and kind of like process them especially when it comes to my mom it was like feel what you feel hurry the fuck up and get back on the fucking bus like we gotta go like you know keep it moving so it just always felt like I never really given like the proper resources and proper tools to like heal and actually like forgive people. Uh, so like in, you know when people do me wrong or when each traumatic event happens, 
I kind of just like suppressed them over the years and over time. Or, or even like at the moment, I would feel like, oh, this isn't trauma. I guess this is normal. Especially coming from my, like, you know, things with me and my dad. I just never treated those things as something that I needed to like heal from. You know, and with my mom, like, I feel like I, I always have to worry about other people, especially right now. Um, I have to, like, consider how my suicide attempt was triggering for a lot of people and whatnot. And I feel like, you know, me getting these new diagnoses, being left because of my, my new diagnosis is really hard trying to focus on my self-love and self-heal when I'm, like, on a time crunch, if that makes sense. Because, like, my mom, she just really wants all of this to, like, blow over and just, like, be done with it. And it's, like, you, you like, why could you accept that you have an oldest daughter who has been through a lot of pe- things, not only with her father or not, and not only with just you, but with other people who have hurt me and broke my heart. And like, why can't you just realize, like, the only person that's really going to know what's going on with me is me. I'm the one that has to live with myself for 20 years plus some. So, like, if I, and, like, when I meet a doctor and we talk about certain things and certain um, conditions, and I'm like, for a while, I knew that I had PPD or bipolar. I just didn't know which one. And I actually really needed, like, a, that diagnosis. And I, I still feel like she's having trouble today, trying, still trying to accept it. But it's like, why can't you understand that I'm wired differently and I hurt differently than the average person and you? And I'm, tw- I'm only 20. And I never really given, like, the proper time or tools to really know what healing looks like and what healing is, what forgiveness is, what love is. So right now, I really feel like I'm just playing catch up on a lot of those things. And it's really, it's really going to be hard trying to like heal all 20 years of my life right now. I don't know how long it's going to take. But, you know, I know things will never stay the same and things will change inevitably. There was one thing I told my doctor, I think last week. My doctor and I have great conversations. Like we meet like every week and it's like a therapy session almost sometimes, but he's not, you know, obviously not a therapist. Um, there was something that I said and it's something it has something to do with what I said earlier about my purpose when I enter into people's lives and you know my beauty is my power. My beauty is my power, inside and out. I am starting to accept that I am a beautiful person. And I have a beautiful heart. My heart is big and full. And that is something that nobody, no matter how much they can hurt me, can take away from me. And no one, no one can say about me that I don't have a heart. And that I never saw like the beauty in other people and it's just like my beauty is my weapon basically and like it's my power it's a very sacred power and when i choose 
someone to have a connection with, whether it's romantic or platonic, I'm allowing them to enter this sacred space of mine, you know? And not only that, I'm I'm sharing my sacredness with them. So I want you guys to keep that in mind that you are you have a power and you have a weapon to you that not everyone has and that you have a gift that you bring to other people. Some of you, I don't know. Uh, I'm kidding. Um, and it's like, you know, you pick and you choose the people that you you really want to have connection with. That's your power, you know. You pick and you choose and whoever is no longer serving you, you have the power to take them out. Because spend time with you, you your your story, your element towards you, like it's sacred. And, you know, the connections that we have with other people, they're very sacred to me. And it should be really sacred to you, you know? And so now, you know, I'm kind of taking that connections very seriously now. Because obviously, I am feeling right now that I don't want to do this with anybody else again. Be this vulnerable, be this intimate. Because with him, with my ex, he knows almost every damn thing about me. He's been through, like, the ugliest parts of my life. I mean... He was there when I was hospitalized. He literally had to, like, buy me shit and send it to the fucking hospital or go to the hospital. So he knows too much. He's experienced too much with me. But that's because I allowed him to enter the sacred space of mine and to enter a sacred time of my life. So, you know, just know that you have that power. And you have a power to you. You just have to know what it is. You just have to figure out what it is. And you can't always. I mean, it's been 20 years of my fucking life. And I'm not just now realizing that. I am a beautiful person. inside and out. And it just really sucks because I do have PPD. And I do have bipolar. So some days, sometimes, I'm the ugliest motherfucker on the planet. And I'm a fucking bitch. And I'm a fucking asshole. But I know that my heart is still there. It's just like, don't fucking push me. Because I, there was a video I saw the other day, and someone was, like, ranking, like, the pettiest zodiac signs, and Libra was number one. I'm like, you know what? Maybe. But anyways, that's kind of where I am right now in healing. I guess the topic today for this episode was healing. Um, Thank you guys for hanging out with me this morning, hanging out with this podcast. I hope it was a good lesson. Um, I'm going to be okay. Um... I really hope that this chest cold, this chest infection blows over. Um, I really hope this depressive episode blows over too. And I can just stop thinking about a man that hurts me repeatedly. <sighs> it's a lot. It's a lot. And hopefully with school, I prosper in some way. Because right now my grades are fucking shit. Um... And when it comes to, like, mental health and battling stuff, like, I can't focus on school. Like, it's so hard for me. But, you know, I'm I'm going to fuck it out. And, you know, hopefully I have an update on my life next episode. And, yeah, thanks for hanging out. Thank you for tuning in. Love, light, bliss to all of you. I wish nothing but the best for all of you. And grand healing for you and grand happiness and peace. And I hope that your day and week treats you good. And if not, I hope you treat yourself good. 
拜。